Welcome to Hold It Up, the podcast where we watch the most progressive movie of the 1950s. My name's Hudson and my co-host is Grace. Hey, Grace. Hi. How's it going today? Oh, great. Uh, we watched a movie from the 1950s. It's like my favorite. Yeah. It's my favorite. And we go way back in time. Yeah, not only yeah. is it like from the 1950s, it's like 1950s, like B, C, like D movie. Uh-huh. So yeah. almost a hidden gem, I would say. It's a it's a docudrama. It's so weird. It was so weird to watch. Or as they this call is, it. Was this the type of movie that like it felt like like they would like roll in the TV and they would put pl- like they'd play it in your classroom in the nineteen like sixties? Is what it feels like. Could they do that in the sixties? Then they have to roll in the projector oh, and projector. put down the whatever. I was born in nineteen ninety. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh <laughs> yeah. But right, like that's what it feels like, right? That that's where this movie would be like played. I don't know. I mean, I think we might talk about it, but that dream sequence. Um, oh yeah, true. That one's weird. might yeah. discount it from being able to be shown in schools. I feel like, it, like from what I read, it was like meant for like uh, being like part of like uh, double features, um, mm. like at like uh, like drive-in nights, um, so right. people could like uh, get their get their uh, exploitation exploitation off. I guess it's so weird. Like I feel like there's no like there's such little like um like docu like this style of film like just like doesn't exist anyway in terms of like going to the theater to see this type of movie like i feel like certainly there's like you know documentary stuff uh like on netflix and like there's certainly lots of great documentaries out there but like to go see this in a theater seems weird yeah the closest i can think of is like a mockumentary (laughs) Yeah, like yeah. some Borat or like uh, Christopher Guest films. There's a lot to mock in this film. I will say that. Yeah, but you know what? It's earnest. Um, we haven't even said yeah. what, what the movie's called. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, it's in the title. It's in the episode title. True. But yeah, true. Well, we're talking about Glenn or Glenda, which uh, was uh, directed by infamous director Ed Wood, who uh, was has been known for being one of the worst directors of all time. Um, and this movie really, um, you know, continues that pattern. Um, it's it's definitely a kind of like Ed's, um, I would say his his plea to society to understand what uh, he calls transvestism is, um, as well as trying to explain being transgender uh, in the fifties due to the Christine Jorgensen story. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like, it's really fascinating, this movie. And like, yeah, like I, I joked, I said, there's a lot to mock in this movie. Like in some ways it's like a wild movie and in other ways it's so progressive. Like you said, for like a movie that comes out of the fifties, like it's very, like the, the, yeah, basically this plea to like, um, understand people who want to do this and, and do this behavior. Like, yeah, it's pretty um, well, I was for I was sort of forget about Christine Jorgensen that like she was such a big celebrity, um, and yeah, just this like open trans woman in in the fifties, forties, fifties. Post war, she got covered. She's in the um, pretty high, uh, covered in the um, in the Pride docu series on FX that I covered on Post Recaps uh, on the Patreon feed. Um, but yeah, she's sort of this like very interesting figure of like. That same that like what to me feels like like the Marilyn Manson James Dean like era of celebrity she sort of is like in there as well. Marilyn Manson. Um, sorry, what did I say? Marilyn Manson. <laughs> yeah, you did. Marilyn Manson is definitely not from the late forties, early fifties. He's canceled, and he is canceled. Yeah, um, yeah, Marilyn Monroe. I mean, yeah, yeah, and I feel like it was also the era when like um, tabloids are starting to get big, like right? you know weekly world news when it was like doing the um the shock stuff i feel like um that was something they would really cover like even the big newspapers were covering it though because like people were so um just mind blown by this you know like no one talked about this um but christine i mean christine like led to you know her being out about this led to some sort of movie being created um to talk about it even if it bombed i'm assuming not a lot of people saw it because it was considered so risque um like there's literally 10 minutes of just like bdsm porn in the middle of it because they had to pad out the length of the film because it had to be 70 minutes 
Um, yeah, I don't see like what it like made in the movie theaters, but it had like a twenty thousand dollar budget, which like in today even by today's standards is like just under two hundred thousand dollars. So yeah, it's like not like this like huge film that was being produced, but yeah. Do you want to know what the uh, the alternative titles were? Yes. I changed my sex. Yeah. Okay. He or she. Mm-hmm. I led two lives. Those are the three. And they went with Glenn or Glenda. And they went Glenn or Glenda because it's about Glenn slash Glenda. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. But like that opening scene, like, mm-hmm. so they open basically with the police you know, coming into a home where someone has committed suicide and the person mm-hmm. is in women's clothing and she's left a note basically saying she's been arrested multiple times for what for wearing what she wears. Um, this appears to be an assigned male person at birth who um, was wearing women's clothing, uh, just to mm-hmm. paint a picture. Um, and the note basically said, this is going to keep happening to me, so I'm just going to end it now. There's like no point in living. And it's actually a very poignant statement about the fact that if she were accepted as who she was, she wouldn't feel the need to kill herself, you know? And that's like yeah. something people still think is controversial to say. It's, yeah, it's a pretty powerful um, moment. Like I, when I like, we were opening this film and um, they were dead. I was like, oh, oh, fun. It's like more like trans people being murdered. And then it's like, no, it's like much more like complicated than that. And actually a pretty powerful statement of like this suicide with the note. I'm like, let my body rest in death forever. And the things I cannot wear in life. I'm like, yeah, wow. It's pretty like, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. I, you know, when I first saw it, yeah, I also had a really bad reaction, but like reflecting on it, like, yeah, it's, it's literally like this could be, you know, if you don't accept your family, your friends, your lovers who feel this way, this is how they're going to end up. Although, you know, this character doesn't appear to have any family or friends included in the um, in the movie. And she's more of just kind of like the a way for like these this this like policeman and the psychologist to start talking about gender identity and, you know, transvestism, which is what they call it in the movie, as well as transsexuality, as they call it in the movie. Um, yeah, so we're going to be using, we might be using these like more old school terms that yeah. uh, if you, if someone says they identify that way, totally cool, but don't use it. Don't just don't use them to describe people. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yep. Um, I do not identify as a transvestite. Like, yeah. Like points. Uh, yeah. I don't, I do not. Um, so yeah. I, I do know some people who identify as transsexual though. Yes, I do. I do that. I do know that as well. I personally yeah. don't. I don't either, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh. But. My hands up. No, it's all good. Um, but anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh, it, it, went, it just went into a very weird, uh, like it was like she was, this person was basically used as plot device, which, you know, under normal circumstances would be kind of a bummer, but because this movie is solely focused on cross-dressing and um, gender nonconformity and um, being trans, I forgive it a little bit more. And also because this movie has the thinnest of plots and is really hard to follow because it yep. like cuts from Bela Lugosi sitting in a lab making science experiments or t- just talking, but not being the narrator because there's a separate narrator. Yeah, not the narrator. I was very confused. And it often cuts to this police officer and this psychologist sitting down and talking, and the psychologist is basically explaining the at-the-time-understood theories of like gender dysphoria um, to this police officer who happens to have a pretty open mind, to be honest um yeah like he's basically like i'm just like i just need to learn more about this and understand why this person would commit suicide <laughs> yeah it's it's really the, the the movie is so fascinating in so many ways of like yeah all these people like um and i guess this is like some of the points i try to make sometimes of like when we talk about that like people are only talking about stuff like this now it's like no people were talking about stuff like this in the 1950s of like yeah maybe we should be more like considerate about like people who you know who um, have gender dysphoria or whatever. Um, it's just that like pro- this movie was like probably laughed at and like mocked and ridiculed, right? Like, um, so yeah, there's people saying the stuff that like very similar to what we're saying now, probably like with less context, less information. Um, 
but they were saying it. They're basically being like, okay, tell me more. Let me explain why like that person like um, was led to basically like take their own life, you know, because um, they weren't being accepted by society, you know? So yeah, 1953 and people are saying like stuff that's not that different than what we like, I think what we say now. Yeah, I, I yeah, I agree with, you know, they, they use better language and they have a better understanding and they're not, um, you know, Freudian, you know, psychoanalyzing yeah. um, these people's heads. Um, yep. But otherwise, it's, yeah, it's extremely, it's just like, it's extremely accepting of cross-dressing um, and certain types of um, transgenderism, I would say, is the best way to put it. Um, mm-hmm. But... I think the funniest thing to me was so they uh, they have I, was this even before or after the suicide thing where um, they're comparing like they're saying like people used to say we shouldn't be in the sky because the creator did not give us wings and then before that we it's like we shouldn't use cars because the creator didn't give us wheels and basically comparing being trans to cars and airplanes because the technology is now around to allow people to change their sex. Yeah, it was at the very beginning of the movie, yeah. That was so weird. It was weird, yeah. <laughs> like, it's a it's an interesting argument, but it's literally saying, like, the like it's okay to be transgender because we have technology to fix it. Like, Right, this is, like, a big... This is, like, the the internal debate. Not in debate, but, like, you know, the thing where people are, like, you have to be on hormones to, to have been trans. You have to have um, uh, sex realignment surgery to, to, like, be trans. It's like, no, no, actually, like, you can be... You know, you can be like a trans woman who is like um, sort of like a, you know, more masculine presenting person. You're still like a trans woman, you know. And so, um, yeah, uh, I don't the analogy is not perfect, I think, for like um, we can like fix you. We can like do surgery on you and then you'll be a woman. It's like you don't have to have surgery to be a woman. So, you know. Yeah. And, and then it, then it goes from that to like discussing this, you know, the story of this man named Glenn who has a secret, uh, you know, life as Glenda, his other half, who is him in, 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 in women's clothing. Um, and it's really trying to explain like, from like a psychological reason why this man would dress like a woman. And they use very Freudian, you know, psychobabble, like he did not have, you know, loving parents. So he had created a split personality so that he can, you know, feel the love that he never had um and him being a you know a cross-dresser does not make him a homosexual because he's not wearing these clothing to seduce the the same sex blah, blah, blah. so it, it's if ed wood like wrote this and put like himself in yeah. as the starring role directed it and then to just like repeatedly be like glenn is not a homosexual like he's like i don't know i think it's like uh uh, the lady doth protest too much, you know, which like is not true. I don't know if I don't know what Ed Wood's sexuality um, was. It's just like fascinating that he is starring in this film. Like he wrote it, directed it, and stars in this film. Um, and his girlfriend at the time plays his girlfriend in the film. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think I think Ed Wood's was primarily attracted to women, and like I think it may have been a lesbian, you know. Right. Uh, right. If if he identified as a woman, um, which is even harder to explain, because like in the '80s they weren't like allowing trans people to transition medically if they didn't have same sex attraction. So like, and by that I mean attracted to the same sex that they were assigned at birth. So uh, like, I can't imagine trying to explain it to somebody in the '50s. Like, yes, you can be transgender and then also be gay. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think the lesbian thing is probably right. Apparently, like I'm reading is uh, some stuff here now that says like he he says that he had never been, he was never with a man ever, and um, some of like acquaintances of him actually like refer to him as a womanizer, which is kind of uh, gross, but you know whatever. Uh, um, yeah, uh, but then he said apparently one time he said his greatest fantasy uh, was to be reincarnated as a gorgeous blonde. So Edward probably. A- a trans woman uh who who is uh uh, a lesbian probably yeah Yeah. um and if he was born 50 years later he could be out um and you know maybe not have had the severe alcoholism that you know led to his early death um you know maybe you know who knows 
I think what's like very, I, I feel like, um, again, we don't like, we don't really know much about like the person who's found dead at the beginning of the movie, like that suicide note is just saying like, like, and so whether Ed Wood imagined that person as somebody who wanted to just like cross dress in, like in the world and, and, but like identified as, as male, like, you know, I don't know that, or whether that's someone Ed would imagine to be like what we would now call a trans woman um i don't actually know but the way i sort when i was watching this movie and like yeah i joke about that edward is like there's so much stuff in the like but he's not a homosexual it's just like it, it I, like i've seen like this style of movie and this style of like this old hollywood type thing like satire so much it's immediately where my brain went but i think that like um this movie is predominantly the story about a like a person who would who wants to cross-dress probably nowadays would you know might transition but maybe not either like it's a sort of the like what you do in your you know what like you know let people do their own thing and don't worry about it if it like doesn't actually harm you is kind of the point of this movie and to that extent there's like some stuff in here that i feel like um like if, if i feel like that's the main premise of the movie it it does at times like go further than that to be like you know we there's surgery now you know so it's cool if people want to get surgery and be like great like why are you so bothered by like the word like having a sex change like why are you so bothered by that right like there's like a lot of that um in here which i think like i feel that like now in terms of like these people who are anti-transness are not realizing like how much it's then like impacting like it can impact like and, and will like you know affect uh gay people like queer you know like um how like infringing on trans rights then is like a stepping stone to then also like you know affect um uh gay rights in, in in my opinion so i like that like he's this this movie has this theme of it has like a pretty central theme i think about like transvestitism that i think like at the same time um is pretty accepting of like a lot past that um if that makes sense it does it's it's also an interesting thing to think about like um in terms of like especially you know people who identify with who identify maybe as cisgender or just identify you know, with their birth gender, birth assigned gender, um, you know, uh, primarily, but still enjoy wearing the clothing of the opposite sex in like a way that makes them, you know, that makes them feel like feminine or masculine, um, you know, um, a way that makes them feel affirmed, but they don't want to do it all the time. That's like, that's something like I think about a lot. Like, it seems like, I feel like there's always been, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but there's always been this kind of like, you know, thought that men do this secretly like when they're wives yeah. away um and this is even brought up in the movie that like comes up in the movie like a lot of the men male the male man yeah yeah they yeah. they secretly wear women's clothing like and it's not because they're gay it's not because they're trans it's just because it's something they feel com they like to do they like wearing women's clothing um and i think you know part of that is just you know clothing shouldn't be gendered period but you know in the Amen. society we live in like there's been like for a while like there's there's been this almost like semi like knownness of like the men who cross dress who have like like camps or retreats that they go on where they can be themselves um this movie made me really think of transparent um and the flashback scene mm. of mara at um her cross-dressing yeah. camp where everyone is you know very everyone's in their women's clothing there but they still identify as men and then they start bashing not really bashing but talking down about someone who's no longer there because she had started taking hormones and that was yeah. a complete no-no in this cross-dressing scene um and it's similar to also like the drag scene where for a while if you went on hormones it was like considered cheating or you weren't mm -hmm. allowed to and there's still some um, pageants where you're not allowed to perform if you have had any form of like tra like transition related surgery or hormones um, yeah. because it's for men to compete in um so i feel like there's always been this weird like counterculture acceptance of like these types of men and like do these men are these people like my questions are do you think all these people are men or are all these people you know gender non-conforming transgender um or like should it just be something i should even be focusing on because you know this isn't my life it's not anything that ever would affect me um you, you know i f i feel like like so i guess if we like considered a society where like they're like the 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 norms of like gender norms are 
um, much less a thing, right? Like, so then we're thinking about like somebody who wants to go, wants to have like a weekend where they just like, it's a, it's a, a male, maybe who like wants to dress up as a woman, like, or I'm, I'm putting a label on it already. Like, a, a, a you know, um, what do we call, like, what do we label that person? What do we call them? Who like at the end of the weekend is like, okay, I'm cool. I'm going to put all that stuff in the closet. I'm going to like, you know, identify it somewhere else. Like, I'm not sh- I'm not sure whether, like, if we, like, remove gender norms, like, from society, if, um, I bet that there's, like, a pretty big portion of those people who, like, would explore their gender and not feel like it's this thing that you, like, take out of the box for a weekend. Uh, That's a thing you could do all the time if people were, like, more accepting, that you wouldn't feel like you're, like, being ridiculed by, like, walking down the street that way. And then I bet there are people who would, um would do would would perform it the same would perform their gender or would express their gender in the same way of like today i'm very masculine um and you know on this day i'm going to be like hyper feminine or whatever um so i don't know and for me i've said this a lot on this podcast like labels were hugely important for me when i was coming out right when i was like or even before i came out i was like thinking about trying to find ways to like explain who I was labels were a hugely important thing for me to like oh that resonates that doesn't resonate um you know and I think that like um the way society works um currently impacts the way you view those labels like there's probably a label that like I can't I'm trying to think of an example but at one point in my life I would have looked at it and be like no there's no way that that's me right like there's no way that i'm that and that probably was like internalized transphobia internalized like homophobia mm-hmm. right and then eventually like it's like okay no that actually is me and like you know that's not my issue to like have with that label so and it, labels have become so less important for me um so if we like don't have gender norms if like you know are late are those labels so important i don't i don't know yeah I, I guess you're right like also like if we live in a society that accepted you know femininity in people who are assigned male at birth um, more readily um, or even just femininity in general from people who just Mm -hmm. look masculine on the outside. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe, yeah, like you said, people wouldn't um, feel to have to have this box and maybe like people wouldn't necessarily identify as trans. They would still identify, someone might still identify as a cis man who is a cis straight man who likes wearing dresses, you know? And those, those people do exist out here and like, do you know walk around in society but they're you know like most people most assigned male birth people who uh you know transition there's a lot of um or you know wear non-gender conforming clothing there's a lot of um hatred spewed um especially when um you look like a man wearing a dress because that's just something that our society really hates i love the scene in this movie where um, the person is like reading the newspaper and they're like in a very feminine, they're in like a dress and, um, they're talking about like society's views of like seeing someone like this. And then they pull down the newspaper and the person has like a full beard and he's like, what do you think about this? He's like, I bet, I bet you're laughing right now. Like it's was so, like this movie in so many ways was so like uh, ahead of its like time in terms of like, you know, or at least or I get, again, I don't actually think that it's ahead of its time. There are people at this time saying this thing, this movie is proof that in 1953, there was people who had very, uh, like, you know, advanced view. Again, I'm saying like that's ahead of its time, but there are people who are like thinking this, this stuff in 1950s. And so, yeah, it's like, I bet you're laughing at this right now. Right. Like, um, it's why I just love, I liked that a lot of him just like literally imagine sitting in the movie theater and this guy, like they were laughing and then they probably still laughed at, you know, at this movie because they're like, well, that guy's wrong and that guy's an idiot. Um, but it's like fascinating to me that like, you know, I hope somebody was in that movie theater. It was like, they're probably laughing. It's like, yeah, they, why, why am I laughing at that? Like, whatever, you know, it's like, this movie is fascinating. It, this movie is fascinating for a multitude of reasons, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that is definitely that one. That scene kind of confused me because I couldn't really tell what the person was wearing. What I thought like they were just wearing some like, just like, basically like, potato sacks. Like it looked like very like. Oh, I thought it was a dress, but maybe I'm like way wrong. No, you might know. be right. I just like maybe like the version I watched was just like very um, maybe crappy quality because you know it's you can find it on YouTube for free. You know it's. Like, yeah, don't watch it. it. Like, I'm not saying I'm not gonna. This isn't a spoiler, but I'm just saying don't watch it because it's not a very high quality film. Uh, <laughs> oh, I think watch it. It's fascinating. Watch it. <laughs> watch it on 1.5 speed. It's an hour and 13 minutes. Watch it. It's great. Yeah. Um. It, I mean, it, there were scenes. Skip. That 
skip the like weird montage in the middle. Yeah. Skip that whole thing. You don't need to watch it. The whole montage, the dream sequence of like her on the couch and what it like, it's all, don't watch that. Don't watch that. But and again, I'm not trying to like kink or sex shame anybody. Like, you know, do it's just like, it's very, it's like not what I thought I was, I was like signing up for. Also, um, it literally has nothing, movie. nothing to do with yeah. the, the plot of the movie. It's they, 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 like I said earlier, they padded it out. Cause I think they had maybe an hour of content and they had to get it up to 70 minutes. Um, if, if anything, I do sort of like it. Um, it's it detracts from the rest of the it like it detracts the from the premise of the rest of the movie that like this is not an inherent like an, an inherently like se- like sexual thing like mm-hmm. Glenn talking about like that he's like he's not a homosexual. Um, and then there's this idea of like it's certainly something that like I feel like I like when I was like again looking for labels. Um, there's this like autogenophilia is that the right was that yeah. the word um this is like this like idea that like trans women are actually like just like want to be trans like want to dress up femininely to like then be like aroused by themselves um and there's like this whole like turf movement that's like taken that and been like this is why you know and you're only a real trans woman if you are interested in men mm-hmm. um so it's really dismissing like um uh, trans women who are uh, lesbians um because it's saying that like you're only gen just to tr- like you're sexualizing women and like that's what's wrong you know all this like highly uh, to me problematic stuff and so this whole scene in the middle that's just like this like like being uh, bound and i'm like nah, no this like it detracts from the point of the, the all the stuff that i think is like interesting that's the movie and it's like it's not this movie like it's so it's so out of place from what i read i think i read this that that some of those were not even like um like filmed in the same sessions they were like they said they took like from other like it was like stock almost like stock footage some of the stuff um they just like were literally like yoink let's get some porno scenes in here because this person's brain is so perverted because they want to be a cross-dresser that they have to have these wild dreams that can be analyzed by this therapist who is trying to still explain gender identity to a police officer um which kind of brings me to the the weird they weirdly decided to tell two stories in this this movie and they try to wrap up the first story with like a bow mm-hmm. where they you know they and they 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 analyze this guy and say um yeah you know the the lack of love in his life is the reason basically from his family is the reason he cross dresses and if his girlfriend is willing to be um the person that he can um put that love onto then he can get rid of this side of himself this glenda as it were um Mm -hmm. basically murdering a a piece of himself Mm -hmm. um and in the film the girlfriend is actually extremely accepting she even takes off her her sweater and gives it to him um as like a show there's of... was this a sorry part? sorry no no you're right sorry i was interrupting I w- there's this like the scene is this the same where they're like in therapy and um she's like should i make him stop and and eventually she's just like well i guess what's the harm you know like this like this thing where she's like yeah she's like pretty like cool with this being their relationship going forward which was like pretty great i thought yeah and then there was that hilarious line it's like like he has found someone who can become the mother the sister and like the the wife all wrapped up in one like that was so creepy (laughs) and no thanks like it this has this nice little bow on it but you know in real life the woman who plays his girlfriend in the movie right places is his real girlfriend and she ends up leaving him and according to her it was because she couldn't uh handle him Uh cross-dressing um so this 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 happy ending is not so happy, which is kind of sad to think about. Um, yeah. And they kind of, I feel like, shove in. I feel like the producer was like, I want the Christine Jorgensen story. And then Edward gets on board yeah. and is like, oh, I'm telling the Edward story. Uh, and then the... Yeah, I agree. There's like, yeah, there are definitely like two things here, which again is what I'm saying of like, I don't like I I don't know whose like choice this was or whatever, but like there is this bit of it that's like they push past like just cross-dressing and transvestism but maybe that's like because most of the movie is like ed like is the glenn and glenda story that's like ed wood is like starring in and probably wrote and then maybe the rest of it that yeah maybe is the like a film company being like you got to do a christine jorgensen thing so sorry but like you know uh yeah it's interesting 
I believe from what I read, the producer was like, we're doing the Christine Jorgensen thing. And right. then, yeah, Ed kind of just like took over. And um, the producer was like, well, this is like a cheap ass movie. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. And they actually wanted to get Christine Jorgensen for the movie. And she initially was like, sure. And then declined. So good job, Christine. Good, good call. Um, yeah. Really good call. Uh, and they kind of quickly tell this story about in like a very like clean way. This person who was born um, assigned male at birth, you know, becomes, uh, you know, is in the art conscripted, conscripted to the army for World War II, leads the army as like a good soldier, but is is a woman and it fight or, you know, is feels like a woman. And it's it's discovered that she has uh, she is um, biologically intersexed and so uh because of that the doctor you know the the doctor's like very very they're very like accepting of it and they um you know she goes through with her 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 sex change and she has to live her life as a woman um but not without the doctor you know dead naming her and using male pronouns until her surgery is over um because you know you're not a woman until you go through all the steps of uh you know medical transition right yeah yeah uh did you know that like ed wood just wrote a bunch of like um basically like transvestite drag like uh murder novels like uh from like 1963 until he like died i knew he wrote pulp. Just, like <laughs> yeah he was like writing like yeah pulp yeah he like wrote like killer and drag which like brings back glenda who then is like uh murder i think it becomes a serial killer that kind of sucks okay well wow. like yeah, it, it, it totally ruins my perception of this uh, movie in the sense of, like, he then basically takes this, like, cross-dressing person and then, of course, they have to be, like, an evil, sneaky person. Um, that sucks. Whatever. Whatever. It sucks. That's, like, the very... That's just, like, the... We should watch this at some point, but it's, like, Silence of the Lambs, right? The, like, um, Hannibal Lecter was this, like, cross-dressing, like, thing. There's so much that's, like, problematic with, like, um, that stuff of, like, the deviant, sneaky literally murdering <laughs> like a uh, cross-dresser you know anyway but anyway yeah um yeah but so the 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 alan anna story which is alan was this person's dead name and anna ann or anna is it anna Anne, Anne i think was yeah. the name that uh she chose when she came out um yeah this this movie really you know um you know uses the narrative you must medically transition to be trans um She's a good, she's basically like, it's like being the good trans person in that, you know, she was born with this medical condition, condition that, right. you know, gave right. her two, both biological sexes, like, or um, sex organs within her so that, you know, it makes sense that she didn't feel like a man because she had womanly parts in her. Um, it's like they can't even, like, you know, touch, you know, being trans and not being intersex, I feel like, in this era at all. Um, like, in this case, it's like, this is corrective surgery, you know? Yeah um yeah which sucks you know a little like it but now but like it, it kind of, you know i don't want to keep saying like it's from the 1950s but like also it was from the 1950s uh so it's like pretty pretty good for the most you know this like this storyline is tacked on the end it's like at least like we're not supposed to be like you know at least they're not evil or like bad they're not a bad person um so yeah I true know. i mean the bad people i would say the worst people are all the cisgender men in the in it uh like just because, like, the the psychologist is, like, you know, speaking for these people, you know. Yeah, um, sure. And creating ideas in this police officer's head about, like, what being transgender is. And he's going to bring that back to his police precinct. And this movie is really, you know, the the, the psychologist is, like, the... It's kind of... It is, like, the, the, the voice of reason for the movie, basically. So I feel like people who, you know, do see this as a more educational, less of, like, a tawdry sort of movie like in the 1950s may have you know taken everything that they had to say you know at face value and we're like now i understand transsexualism and right. cross-dressing and i will no longer judge right. but you know if you are you know you can't but like you have to you know meet these criteria to be these two things um right. yeah and it also makes i don't know it makes me think i just like i think a lot about the the um assigned male at birth identifying as cis straight men who um mm -hmm do dress in women's clothing and either do it, you know, like we, we, we already talked about this, but like, I do want to also bring up, this is like, there's like a, if you are adverse to uh, RuPaul's Drag Race speculative cast, skip the next 30 seconds, maybe a minute. Yeah. Cause I want to talk about 
cast speculation really fast. So there's a person named Maddie Morphus. Morpheus? Maddie Morphus, right? Something like that. Maddie Morphus would make sense as a drag name. Um, So, yeah. And out of drag, the person... I don't know what his name is, but he, or, you know, what his, his legal name is. He identifies as a cis straight man. And that's pretty fascinating to me as well, because like, like, I've never, like, I mean, we don't have to go into like, is drag for, can cis straight men do drag? Like, I mean, that's a whole question. That would be its own episode. Um, Uh But like, how do you think a a show as big as RuPaul's Drag Race is going to handle it? Um... I mean, I probably in this episode of this podcast, probably like I now regret my like joke earlier about like, you know, the lady doth protest too much because like that this is exactly the thing that's like probably will be actively like I think Maddie will get a lot of this online. Like, unfortunately, um, of like, well, you're probably like you're, you know, uh, we, you know, it's OK, you know, a little bit like um, which is unfortunate because I, I think that like. You just we take them at their their word that like they are straight, and I I don't think the show is going to. I I wonder about like whether there's conflict there in terms of like um you know them being in their in their space or whatever. Like that's to the extent that I could see some like internal um, conflict. I feel like generally in the show like um, they get catty with each other, but like they don't. You know, I think at the end of the day, I don't know. It'd be very interesting to see the like reception um, between like I I think other than like them interacting with each other and it maybe it coming up, you know, in like when they're like getting their, doing their makeup in front of the mirror or whatever. <clears throat> like it'll be like one of those moments, I think, of like, oh, you're straight. And it's like, OK, inter- interesting. OK, cool, whatever. You know, there might be like a sassy comment or whatever. I think that like the online stuff that Maddie will probably already gets um uh would be unfortunate to see that seeping into the drag race world i would hope that it doesn't happen on screen um like i made that stupid joke and i'm like regretting that joke because like if ed wood is not like it's not on it's not on me or anybody else to like tell you what somebody's sexuality is right and like our whole like stuff like a lot of what we talk about right is that like gender and sexuality are not the same thing um so yeah i don't know what do you think yeah you know um I have like my two, there's like my um, thoughts on like, you know, a, a cis straight man doing drag. And then there's my thoughts on drag race, the US yeah. at least, letting a cis straight man, in, man into this into the workroom before they would let a cis queer woman in. Right. Like, there are, because there are queer cis women who do drag, like, yeah. as in drag queens, not drag kings. Yeah. And RuPaul is never allowed well, like i don't think like there's going to be someone on the uk season three this is not a spoiler this is someone who's this is in the cast announcement who is a cis queer woman which i am you know very excited to see and but it, i just feel like it's there's a layer of misogyny um with rupaul's um not allowing and like the producers not allowing a cis queer woman uh to be a contestant and that they would mm-hmm. they would they would take on a cis straight man before that because i feel that to do drag is a queer act. And I, like, I'm sorry. I, I personally don't want cis straight people doing it. Um, <laughs> uh, Cause I can, t- it's, it's just a very queer thing. And I think it's fine. I think it's totally cool for cis straight men to be, you know, wearing women's clothing, to be not conforming to ma- masculine gender. But there's something about the performance space that it is a queer space. And I think this might get me some, I don't know if you feel like I'm stepping over a line, but this is just how I like, so, there's a reaction to this person being cast in the show and there's my reaction to them doing what they do on their own. Like I have no issue with a cis straight man putting on women's makeup, like women's makeup, putting on makeup, putting on a face, <laughs> yeah. um, wearing feminine clothing, like even doing that on Instagram. I have zero, zero qualms about that. But drag has always been queer. Drag has always been something for the people who are not part of the mainstream society. And like I know Drag Race has expanded who, you know, who sees drag. But at the end of the day, it's like, like, I just, I don't feel comfortable with a cis straight man, like, being on the show. It, I don't, like, <laughs> it, it just, like, it just feels like, I just feel like cis straight men are just, they have created so much 
they're the re they have created they're the reason why like gay folks needed to create their own safe spaces mm -hmm. and i don't care mm -hmm. how much of an ally you are you you won't understand what it's like to be a queer person like outside of your your moments of uh, of putting of a performance you know i think where my the line I would draw and I, and obviously again, this is where you're talking about, like there's a difference between uh, drag and drag race. Right. But at the same time, drag race is a, is a show where the, the RuPaul says this is he's looking for America's next drag superstar. And to imagine that America's next drag superstar, however fictitious that, line is that like prize that you are going by winning a show you are a you are the next superstar of drag right it's like patently false sometimes the person who becomes the most popular out of a season is not the person who wins a season right but at the same time like if they win they are the they are drag's next superstar um this like straight like may, like maybe i guess but at the same like to, to your point like um yeah there is something about like um, people who are from like a marginalized community um, getting the space. And you're right. Like, I think the big difference is like, this is the thing I go back to about like, um, like what you have a, like what you get, to, uh, you, you get, you get and, and what like you have privilege to be able to do. Right. Like, um, you know, when somebody like, you know, I'm thinking about like I'm going in all different places here, but like in the me too movement, like, or like when people are talking about people being canceled, like you don't inherently get, like to be uh, in a movie or to be on a TV show uh, or whatever, um, just be you know just because you do drag. I don't know. That's like maybe that's a bad point, but I don't know. Anyway, I think I would have a problem with that probably. That if like this the straight uh, cis guy wins and is America's Next Drag Superstar, you know. And so like I'm like trying to balance that with like I probably don't care if he's on the show. But maybe I do because I don't I don't want him to win. So then why would you put him on the show if he can't win? I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, I, I also want to defend you and what you, you're saying. You know, you, you, you made the, the lady dot to protest too much joke. But mm -hmm. then we kind mm -hmm. of both came to the conclusion that we thought Edwards was a trans woman. And so, like, we both made an assumption about him later on. Um, sure. So, you know, like, we're, 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 you know, right, like, like with, with this person, Maddie Morphus, I think that's how it's pronounced. I, I looked it up online. So it's Maddie Morphosis. So like metamorphosis, ah. but Maddie Morphosis. So with this, with yeah. this drag queen, he, he can like, he as in male form, as in when he's not using, when he's not in drag, can speak to what he identifies as. It's living in the society where if, if Maddie becomes, if, if this person becomes Maddie, like full time, We'll, you know, we will know about it because the person can announce that and lives in a, you know, in a society where it's more accepted. So, like, we don't, we are, we're not going to say this person doth protest too much because perhaps they are transgender, perhaps they are a cis man. We don't know, you know, and, uh, you know, we, I, I'm, I'm, I, I guess what I'm saying is that I do think that Maddie is a trans lesbian, but that's not my place to say it <laughs> because that's also me right. in a very closed-minded way saying only gay men and trans women can are like and like gay men and women do drag like that's basically what i'm saying is like it's like uh you, know? you didn't say you didn't say that though like you you make the distinction between drag and drag race right sure where um there is space for you to be and like i'm i'm saying that to like imply that inherently being on drag race is like more of a prestigious thing but i would say the same thing about like um you know about like drag balls or you know like I like I think that there's like if if you are uh, don't know how you identify there are like things that are like closed off to you I think in terms of like in 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 drag uh, uh, and then specifically I think drag race as well um, but I don't know yeah I, mean, I don't think you're saying that like only these people can do drag um, but also like. Yeah, again, the show is like you know I don't I don't want to keep going back to the same point, but they're like saying that this will be the next this this is the next drag superstar. This is who we all, you know, this is the next big thing. This is who RuPaul is like touting, um, and I don't know if that's like who that should be, but you know. Yeah, I think you know we've gotten off topic a little bit, um, <laughs> which might be a sign um, that we've reached the end of. Unless you have anything else you want to talk about from the movie, 
Um, uh, I mean, we never talked about uh, Bella Lugosi, but like, uh, I felt very like uh, what I didn't like about the scientists and Bella Lugosi in here is that it felt very like um, like Ripley's Believe It or Not vibes yeah. from like look at the like look at this like we, which is so again this movie is like in some ways so progressive and then in some ways so outdated. I got very like you know come look at these like you know from the scientists creatures. Maybe I'm like totally missing it but like it's all this like cryptic like language which maybe it's supposed to be the point that like this was to come off that way but like it's not actually that but um i don't know bella lugosi being in this film is like wild to me I'm mostly known for like playing dracula yeah um i mean but, yeah. yeah i mean they also had to get around censors sure which is sure Very also true. wild that they got around censors with that dream sequence uh <laughs> that's wild i don't get that I don't <laughs> yeah um anyway that's it yeah yeah so yeah does it does it hold up? Ooh, um, uh, ooh, uh, <laughs> I actually don't know. I don't know. I don't know if this movie, like, uh, probably, mm, mm, like, there's a lot of it that does not, and then there's a lot of it that I'm like, wow, this was like really incredible for like 1953 to be this progressive. So. I say on the whole, I say like yes with like a bunch of asterisks. I feel you there. I think like we look at it as like it's like a um, it's like a slice of 1950s, you know, late 1940s, you know, America that we're seeing in this film. We're seeing like the the you know the best that they could do talking about it in like a film that was going to be distributed across the country. So yeah. for what it was, I say yes, it holds up. I say, I think it, it doesn't hold up as a as a as a. I don't think it ever held up as a as a as a piece of cinematic um, storytelling. But um, that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. So like, other than the like the weird dream sequence, and there's like racism. Oh yeah, oh yeah, there is um, racism about yeah. uncivilized society, which was right. Icky. Oh yeah, I forgot about the like the like, let's look at the Native Americans playing their drums. I forgot about that. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, like yeah. which is something I feel like you're gonna um, have to deal with in any of these kind of like exploitation movies from the 1950s and 40s. Um, is like just it being of the times. It's like the same as watching something from the 90s or early 2000s, and it being like extremely sexist and like that very you know late 90s early 2000s way um mm -hmm. it's just like it's of the time and people you know it, i don't think if someone were to make a movie like this today that they would include something about like the uncivilized societies yeah yeah for sure yeah um yeah all right yeah um so uh we talk about what we're doing next week yeah we so next wednesday is the um season 41 premiere of survivor so we thought we would go back and watch episode one from the very first season because there is a lot of stuff i think we can talk about from that episode yeah i'm really you know i'm excited you know we, we haven't had survivor in over a year and i feel like i've watched the first episode of survivor several times over the past year because it did hit its mm -hmm. 20th anniversary last summer I think mm -hmm. it was may 31st and i was going to be like to my roommates let's watch it like and then all the george floyd stuff happened and i was mm -hmm. like this isn't important um Mm -hmm. uh and uh so i'm like you know we're gonna look back on this 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 friendship that formed a very unlikely friendship and, and alliance between a openly gay man and an extremely conservative you know god of the navy navy seals who will who calls this that calls him a homosexual so many times and a queer he's a homosexual and a queer yeah so it's gonna be pretty fascinating to watch. and rudy is like a very beloved like survivor contestant like probably like like it's hard to even say now like he was so freaking popular yeah so it's gonna be very interesting to chat about him and unfortunately he did pass away um i don't know how many 2019 years ago, but it was during season yeah, so, 39 because they like yeah. did like a special like the, he's so right. he's like so revered by the show that they had like a little like art rest in peace rudy like montage for him i believe at the finale or something mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. like yeah yeah 
They, so he's like he's one of the biggest characters in the first uh, season. A lot of people watch for season, you know, however many millions of people. So I'm excited to talk about it and uh, leading up to the new season. Um, yeah, and I think that will be our uh, season three finale. We're gonna take a little break. I know we've been off and on a few weeks here. Um, it's been busy for both of us, so um, we're gonna take a little um, break and we'll come back. Um, Probably after Survivor we'll, season, we'll, right? Yeah, we'll we'll be in your feeds probably before the end of the year. Yeah, but we'll see. No promises. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, you can you know you can find us the on uh, the Instagrams at Hold Up Podcast One P. You can and you'll find our personal Instagrams uh, linked in there. Um, and uh, we- yes, yeah, so we were on shit ninety shows. Taught me. We talked uh, about Mrs. Doubtfire. Should be out sometime this week. Um, yeah, super fun. Um, Obviously, they knew they were talking about Robin Williams. Um, they did a poll, and Mrs. Doubtfire won with the most amount of votes. And immediately, um, Jess and Sarah were like, oh, no, we're going to might have to talk about stuff that doesn't hold up. We should get Hudson and Grace to come on. So we were very excited to, to go on. It was really fun. It was we a lot of fun. Um, uh, so, so I'm excited for that episode to drop in people's feeds. And, uh, you know, rewatch the movie. You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, a, it's a heartwarmer, despite it's having some not very great moments in it. And yeah, Grace, uh, what else are you what are you up to? I, I got I got nothing. Oh else. my gosh. Okay. Uh on post show recaps, I uh launched a new monthly podcast series called uh we, we took over the post show recaps theater uh branding, which was uh, previously a Patreon show. But Ariel Gomez, who's been on this podcast before, we talked about Friends. Uh, Ariel and I, uh, we tend to watch a lot of movies. So we're going to talk about three big movies that came out um, each month. So um, there is a, a July movie review podcast that's in the, the podcast feed already. And then we are chatting this week about three movies that came out in August and so on and so forth. And in, in, um, in October, we'll talk about three September movies. So, um, yeah, that's been very fun. I thought the first episode was like really, really fun. We talked about... Um, Pig, the new Nicolas Cage movie. We talked about Green Knight and we talked about Jungle Cruise. Um, so like three very, very different movies, but it was super fun. Ariel's a blast. Um, I also launched a podcast on the Post Recaps patron feed where I we were watching some James Bond. I've never seen it before. And Jessica Lees, um, my co-host there, has watched a lot of it. So asked if I wanted to dive into the world of James Bond. So we watched Goldfinger. We are about to watch The Spy Who Loved Me. And then we'll watch one more before the new movie comes out. And if people are enjoying it, we'll we'll go back to the beginning and start again. Um, so that's fun. Um, I was on silent podcasts uh, the network talking about a YouTube show called Black Widow Brigade. If you're into Survivor, um, if you play the game Mafia, um, you might quite you might like the the recap we did of the first four episodes. So the YouTube show is called Black Widow Brigade, and then I was on the Silent Podcast Network talking about it. Check my Twitter at High From Grace. Um, all that stuff will be on there. Yeah, yeah, Grace is killing oh, it right now. Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, I play D&D in space on uh, twitch.tv slash DM Philly. So, yeah, that's it. That's it, I promise. That's it. That's where my place. <laughs> well, I think that's all from us today. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week with Survivor. Super excited to talk about that. Yeah, that's it. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.